0: Hello, and welcome to That Sounds Like a Plan, the podcast where we talk about all things related to nonprofit fundraising events. Today's guest is someone I've known for a few years. To be honest, until I met Jen, the service she provides, which is an external or promotional event recap, isn't something I ever thought about. Jen Gilhoy is an event strategist and founder of SparkTrack, where she sparks conversations and tracks results for brands. She's fascinated with the art of gathering and enjoys lingering over experiences, moments, and learning, often writing about them in her signature event recaps. She's an advocate for creating inclusive events, which means addressing things from diversity to sustainability and technology to well-being. Jen, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today.
0: I am too. I'm going to learn some new things about A different kind of event recap, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I'm calling what you provide an external or promotional event recap. I feel it's important to distinguish it from an internal recap, which is what I do. So first of all, tell me if you agree with that title or descriptor. And then if not, let me know what you prefer to call it. And then secondly, if you can give our listeners kind of a super high level explanation of the type of event recap you do.
1: Sure, Alicia. Yeah, I love that we were talking because I actually have just been calling it an event recap and assuming that people would see my work and understand what it meant. But from an internal perspective, you brought up that people are really thinking about recaps internally. And maybe they call it like an event debriefing session, if you've ever heard of that, which is just internally getting together. And that could be two, three weeks after. And I feel like that misses a lot of the energy and kind of capturing of the experience that can only be really done with some immediacy. So what I would define as an event recap is really this writing of the experience. So I come in and help clients from the perspective of an attendee participating in their event. And I really write what is my point of view from the attendees experience. And it's almost like a critic who would review a restaurant opening or something that it kind of comes from this interesting perspective for the brand and for the host. And there's an energy and excitement about that content. So it is not a chronological kind of recap of he said, she said. It really is this experience that I think you can only get if you're present and what I've also noticed is there are panel discussions that the event host can't really plan for. And those are that's the richness of content that I love to come in and capture. And that, that really defines the recap for me. And it really makes it quick and digestible for event attendees after to kind of refer back to that and take in some of the inspiration and put that into action, <laughs> which is what every event host wants, right? Um, follow up and engagement. Yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever that call to action is, whether it's to donate or to volunteer or, yeah. you know, just support the organization in some way. Mm-hmm. What? Um, so the recaps that you do, is it being sent to people who attended as sort of a, let's relive the moment? Is it to people who didn't attend to say, oh, sorry, you couldn't be here, but here's what you missed? Is it a combination of those? Kind of what, talk to me about why it's important to have an external or promotional recap and when and how does it happen and what's the purpose?
1: Yeah, I think there's a richness for obviously the attendees to get this in their inbox day after, for sure. That is a number one audience. However, there is this other audience who may have wanted to attend And as you know, live events, if they're not recorded, you miss the experience if you're not available. So there is this kind of FOMO thing, like, what did I miss? And what that creates, if you are engaging with that audience who cares about your brand, but missed the event, they are more likely to keep engaging and sign up for the next event, whether it's an annual event or just something that you do regularly. So it shows, I think that as a brand, you care about those experiences, So I think it's just a really great way to kind of summarize what happened for both audiences. And I can't tell you the excitement that the event host gets from seeing all that engagement post-event. A lot of times that doesn't happen. It just kind of falls off and the event hosts have taken a break or some time off. And that's really the critical time and area that I focus in.
0: In my experience, when you're done with the event, it sort of... uh, on the nonprofit side, it's like, whew, okay, we're done with that. And now we can move on to the next thing without going back and nurturing that audience that was there and supportive. So yeah, I, I totally see the value in that. And like you said, keeping that feeling going for at least a little bit past the event.
1: Um, yeah. And I think it kind of ties back to the event's goals and objectives. And I think one of the biggest missing things that event hosts don't realize is that they are the gatherer of all of these people. And I, from personal experience, I have found in the past that I want to connect with someone. I maybe exchanged a quick business card with at an event or had some sort of interaction, but I'm lacking, like, what do I say in my LinkedIn follow-up? Is it just nice to meet you? Let's connect Mm -hmm. by creating a recap and having some content and potentially connecting people who might really benefit from knowing each other as an event host, you kind of own that. It's like, I can go back and say, two years ago, I met Alicia through this event and I credit this brand for hosting that event and introducing it because we now have a rich relationship. So those are the kind of things that I encourage my clients to think about and the follow-up, really, that engagement that's so important.
0: I love that because, so I just did an event for a client where it was a a walk event. But as part of that event, we had a, a fair where we had vendors set up. I think there were about 20 vendors at the event. Sort of an unexpected benefit or bonus of it was that the vendors would go around to each other's tables or booths and meet each other. And it was so great mm-hmm. to see the connections that they were making. And so you're right, it's it's that having that piece to be able to follow up with somebody afterward, because that's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that happens with keynote speakers at events all the time. And I think sometimes they can feel like, okay, I just prepared 20 hours for this presentation and then they get on a plane and leave, or there's no engagement. And so I think for them, and what I've learned from my recaps is I will get responses from them to say, oh my gosh, thank you for capturing that. And it might prompt those speakers or participants to then engage with each other and do more. So that's that's a really cool kind of byproduct, but it's something that um, is often missed.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that this is Really important for educational type events where you have keynotes and that sort of thing. But how about for fundraising galas and kind of your typical fundraising events? How have you seen that recap benefit?
1: Yeah. Well, I think about the morning after. So there's a lot of things happening during a fundraising gala. So what I love about like fundraisers and galas is it really is about that energy and the experience. And oftentimes I'll work with a photographer so I can get some imagery or or even video from the event that lands in those attendees' inboxes the next morning. And then also again. You know, what was that experience for you? It's connecting to that emotional piece of it. And then they might be more apt to say, yes, I'm ready to make a donation. I didn't get to it last night. This was a really great silent auction item that I wanted to learn more about. But so much is coming at you at the event. that This allows for some reflection and then also being able to measure that you know, our attendees is donations, are they going up after the event because you've kind of captured and shared that experience in a very emotional way.
0: Oh boy, measurement. You're talking my language. I mean, I know, I I know. Let's get into that. that. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen, let's go back to that second question of the importance of having a recap, but then also when and how it happens. This
1: is a huge touch point for clients and an education with them because you can't, wait until the actual event happens and then decide what you're going to do for follow-up. So I work very diligently with my clients. Oftentimes for full day event, I'm coming in four to six months in advance and planning what does that look like? And that piece of it is critical. So I would say making sure we're planning, engaging with someone like myself or at least having the follow-up in mind way before and just integrating that into your entire communication plan. Your follow-up email should be all teed up. You should be able to capture some things with a photographer, even keynote presenters, getting their slides or presentation in advance so you can create all of that content. And as much as you can, hit send. The next day without having to go to huge amounts of effort. So I really work with clients on training in
0: on that mindset. And that's really when and how it happens. That's awesome. Because yeah, like I said, that when you're done with that event, a lot of times it's like, shoo, it's done. If you pre-plan that, then yes, it is truly done, to, you know, to a degree, you still have to do the follow-up thank yous and the, all that kind of stuff. But At least that piece of it, you know, is checked off your list if you're planning ahead for it and have it, like you said, teed up and ready to go. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about how some of your clients have used their recap documents that you've created for them. In addition to the event host, who else benefits from these recaps and why?
1: I would say working with clients, either I can kind of ghostwrite that event recap and they can own it on their blog and social And another piece to that is I've also shared those event recaps because that's what I do. And so those in the community that want to know what they're missing out on in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area for events use me as a resource to kind of see what's happening. So I often offer that to clients as kind of a secondary way to just elevate the content. So the biggest the biggest benefit I have seen, at least with the corporate and professional events that I cover, is using that recap to post on LinkedIn. So maybe a keynote speaker or an event host will take my recap, post it as themselves on their LinkedIn page, and connect their company and then do a post that shares it, but literally tags everyone involved sponsors and speakers. And those see upwards of 4,000 plus impressions because it's going to that individual's network. And then if they're sharing, it is also reaching their network. So the power of social media, especially with LinkedIn and events, is one that I really hone in on. And obviously, all the other social channels can play into that, but that's where the the recap and the richness come in and you get keynote speakers engaging and the comments and engagement on those type of posts is huge as opposed to a thought leadership article that's maybe just one point of view coming from the company. So it really allows this wonderful community and tagging aspect to LinkedIn that feels pretty good because you're, you're really celebrating those people that were
0: engaging with you. Oftentimes nonprofits will get speakers that will come in and speak for nothing in exchange Mm. for promoting a book or promoting something. Like you said, if they put in 20 hours into this talk and there's nothing, there's just crickets afterward, this gives that opportunity for them to get some more value out of, Coming and giving their time for that organization.
1: Um, Absolutely. Can I touch on one more point there? In that I think it's, you know, getting paid for your value and time and that the keynote speaker, the sponsors who are all putting just an enormous amount of time and effort. I mean, pre-COVID, we were seeing that at trade shows where you sponsor a booth and you're there all day, and this investment is just massive. And a lot of times people aren't getting reimbursed for that. So I always I've been coaching clients who go to events as speakers to ask, what, what are you doing for the follow-up? I'd love to help you or see more of that because now your speakers and different brands have their audiences. And if you're not engaging with them in that way, you miss even more opportunity to bring value back to those speakers and participants for their efforts. And it's just something that is is completely missed. As I said, they, they oftentimes will get on a plane or go right back to work and wonder why, what was the value of that? Why did I put 20 hours of my heart and soul into this presentation and
0: not sure what the return is? I, I preach that a lot with, especially with event sponsorship and working with nonprofits to find out what that sponsor's goal is for the event so that you have measurable goals that you can come back to them. Again, speaking of another type of recap, And then putting together a recap for that sponsor that says, here's what you were looking to get out of it. Here's what we provided. Hopefully you've met that or gone even above that. And then that sponsor has something to bring back to their people to say, look what a great value it was to sponsor this event. We should do it again next year. So yeah, yeah, totally.
1: That's huge. And typically in the past, it would be uh, you attend a trade show, you're a vendor, you get a marketing email list. So you can send out to people. So this is just flipping that to say, the event host is really saying, we value you. We're going to talk about you in a credible way on social media and our channels. And then it's the sponsor's role or opportunity to come in and elevate that. And that is a really feel good way to extend that versus adding to people's inboxes with requests.
0: Oh boy, yeah. (laughs) When you said, when you were talking earlier about that, attendee getting to relive the evening and maybe they didn't get around to donating if it's a gala. The other piece I thought of that is that's an easily shareable thing that they can send to their friends or their network and say, here's a really cool recap of this awesome event I went to last night. You should come with me next year or something like that or support or whatever that message is.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I just did a recap for a full-day event, and I was also in the planning phases encouraging individuals in my network who I thought could really benefit from this storytelling event. It was a corporate event, but also rooted in story. And so a lot of the women I reached out to were like, well, what is that experience going to be like? I I can't envision spending a whole day doing this. I don't know what it is. And had we had a recap from last year, they could have looked and said, oh my gosh, look at all these things that were going on during the day. I can't wait to be a part of it. Sign me up. And so that now we have that for this particular event going into next year. And she's going to use that. The speakers have been engaging saying, what is this? I still think it's, relatively new in the event industry, and I still don't see much of it. So I think there's also that as a huge opportunity to do something different, which your audiences are looking for that. They don't want the status quo for events of the past anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, when you are trying to stand out against the competition, mm-hmm. of making your event different, but then being able to convey how it's different and why it's different. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. So last question for you, Jen, I love your brand name because it's a combination of the two things you're passionate about, sparking conversation and tracking results. Do you find that most nonprofits fall short on both or maybe they excel at one, but not the other? And then how do they remedy that if they're falling short on some of those? I think there's this idea and I talk about it as the event continuum
1: I think nonprofits in particular may get into a cycle where they have an annual gala. And it's super easy to start planning that the moment the previous one is finished, but being able to look at this continuum of engagement, it's almost like you focus on what are your donor touch points throughout the year? What are the stories and uh, events are the place to kind of capture those stories and know that you don't have to put everything out at once either, but using everything that you created at that event to just sprinkle out through the course of the year in a themed way is a great way to even leverage more. So I think the sparking is the inspiration that happens in person. And the tracking is reminding, coming back to that and being able to add to those experiences in a timely way throughout a year, for example. And so I love working with clients on that piece of it too. And it's like these aha moments. Oh, we don't need to create new videos and do things outside of the event. We can just really blow up everything we're doing at the event and make sure there's touch points throughout the year that make the engagement feel real. So you're doing value add, maybe a
0: donor ask. You have that right kind of balance that feels good. I've seen the same thing where... A nonprofit will spend thousands of dollars on this really impactful video that they okay. show at the event, and then that's it. Nothing happens after, <laughs> and they're not using that to to their benefit. So, yeah, I love that the continuum. Love, love, love mm-hmm. that.
1: Yep. And I um, think about it just as a point as a bell curve. And so pre-COVID, and COVID brought this to mind with virtual because you had to be more creative. You had to do promotions in a whole different way. So it used to be that like 90% of the energy would go into creating the event itself. But I have encouraged clients to look at kind of leveling that out. Like your event is definitely your high point, but you're getting the right people there. You're setting them up for the experience they're going to have at the event, which is also something that's missed. And then after extending that and that curve, that percentage looks higher in the model that I use with clients.
0: Wow, love that. Uh, let's see. Can you just summarize some of the takeaways that we've talked? I know we talked about a lot today, but can of summarize the takeaways for a small nonprofit on having an event recap, the value of it, mm-hmm. just kind of those takeaway points.
1: Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing is to plan for follow-up way in advance. That's, takeaway number one. And in order to do that, I think it's important to recognize the skill sets of the people you have in your organization. And this is, I get this all the time. People assume I'm an event planner and I'm like, no, I do not have that logistical skill set. I am more of a writer and an experienced creator. So if you have someone on your team that can contribute to ideas around what that looks like, that's also a really great You know, addition to the team and someone you might want to think about bringing in in a different way. It's like usually the event person is planning the same thing over and over. And so you're going to get the same thing over and over. So, takeaway number one is thinking intentionally about the follow up and planning for it. And then I think two is just thinking about post event content in a really shareable way how you capture that so you can continue to share that and really stepping into your role as an event host to own that. I mean, I always say it's like if you are the host of a wedding, what are you doing the next day to kind of bring that excitement back? Like think of it in that terms, even though it's a corporate event. And then there's the education component. A lot of these events have a lot of backstory and this richness of awareness and education that needs to be told. So thinking about how your audience can kind of be open to learning more about what you have to share and those backstories that connect to it. Love that.
0: So if you had one action item, you know, I usually do a listener action item at the end of each episode. If you have one thing that you would have listeners do at when they're done listening, what would that be? Alicia, I was thinking about this and
1: the first one is just the obvious is to plan follow-up early on. Yep. So way before your event, integrate it. But that's that's kind of like we've moved on from that next level. So thinking about your event, like a past event that you had, and what did you experience or want to share the next day? that maybe was a miss? Like, what it? What did you miss? What are some of the opportunities? And I think it's really important to look at a very specific event that you were part of and kind of dissect. What were the opportunities there? Because that will tell you what you need to do for the next event. What was missed? And get your team involved in answering some of those questions.
0: Love that. And I think, too, it's helpful to think of it from as an attendee, right? Mm, think of yourself mm-hmm. as... If you're sitting in the audience, what would you want to have happen after the event? How would you want to be engaged? From
1: my perspective and working with clients, they really appreciate that about my work because they're so involved in the event and they cannot separate themselves. You'll hear as an attendee, you experience this event, everything is great. Behind the scenes, that event host is stuck on the 5% of the things that didn't go right. And it's (laughs) really hard to step out of that. So it's I have had hosts say, oh my gosh, this is so amazing that you've captured this because things that they miss and I kind of listen anecdotally for what's the vibe in the audience like what are people really responding to and those nuggets of feedback and information are really important for a client and most aren't able to kind of come to it with that lens
0: oh it's so true I get I will get clients that will get stuck on the minutiae of something and I'll just say you know what the audience doesn't care (laughs) they don't care they didn't even notice for you nope didn't notice. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's awesome well Jen thank you so much for being here today this is just a ton of information and I'm going to share in the show notes your social media handles and your website so people can get a hold of you because I think you're going to have some people that want to talk to you about recaps because mm-hmm. again it was something I hadn't thought about till I met you but I think it's mm-hmm. a fantastic piece to add to that promotional plan for your event
1: absolutely so. yes thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun
0: Yeah, it's been great. All right. Thanks, Jen. Thank you to the listeners and we'll see you next week.